Create with Fran Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney and this is Create with France. And today we are here with an honored guest all the way from the States is Dr. Wanda. Oh, I forgot. Jean, how do you say that? Jean, Jean T? Very good. Wanda Jean T. Oh, wow. Ooh. Amazing. And so she, she is a, a doctor and she talks about health problems and a lot more than that if I if you check out her Facebook page. But in this very, very specific occasion, we are going to help you guys with your sleep problems. Whether you go to sleep and then fall asleep easily and then you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't know why you're waking up or whether you go to sleep and you sit there for hours in your bed and you lay there restless thinking, why am I not sleeping? I'm really tired. Whatever their sleep problem is, Dr. Wanda is here to help you. So hello, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Franz, and welcome everybody. Yes, we have this lovely little space here and we apologize that sometimes the quality of our video is not as good as it was recorded, but we are trying our best. So let's get into the problem. What is the problem of sleeping that is going on in modern society that certainly did not exist a century ago? What's going on? Especially in your practice, you must see hundreds of people. Well, that's a great question, uh, Franz. Uh, there are three questions that um, the audience should be pondering about when it comes to sleep. And here are the three questions. Do you sleep through the night? Number two, if you're sleeping, do you wake up during the night? And number three, when you wake up, do you feel good and rested? So those are the three questions that lead into the problems that people have. So now, once you answer those questions, you know, in which one you are in, then we can say, okay, what triggers any of those three questions to happen? And that would be one of the obvious one is stress in our life, lifestyle, Number two, what we eat, people don't realize that. And number three is also um, definitely how we actually cope uh, and mood is also a factor. So we are going to dive into those three at some point. Yeah, well, let's start with the first one. I'm very curious because, you know, everyone has a cure, but some people think, you know, it's impossible. That's how I am. I've been like that since I was young. I actually know a guy that contacted me and said, I haven't slept well for 30 years. He lays in bed and he can't sleep. And this is a very uh, common issue because there are many people who actually minimize the importance of sleep and now it has been shown by the american sleep of medicine and there are so many other uh, articles about that that sleep now is just as important as healthy nutrition and exercise so yes and i hear it also ah uh, it's just a luxury but people don't realize what happens in sleep so that's really what we need to start with. 
Why is it important to sleep the seven to eight hours that are recommended? And that it differs, you know, from age to age. And I have some statistics that I can absolutely share with you uh, about that. So when it comes to to sleep, what happens during an entire day? We eat, we go about our day, we breathe toxins, we have we create, we produce waste when we digest food, but most of these waste products must be eliminated by one, one way or the other. So while the liver and the kidneys do an excellent job in eliminating waste, one of the best things that you also want to add during that period that most people are not aware of is the fact that the brain actually needs time to get rid of waste also. You see? So when people don't have enough time or they don't sleep, the brain does not have time to continue being what I call a waste manager. Because it's during it's during the sleep that the brain is able to continue and clear all of these toxins, all of this waste. So that's why sleep is important. It's not just, ah, yeah, I don't have to sleep that much. You would be surprised at the effects of sleep deprivation. And we can yeah. talk about that. They're really big. And also remember about the telomeres. Um, they can be significantly shortened, shortened in English, um, by lack of sleep because it's a huge stress to the body. And one of the tortures you can afflict to people is to take away their sleep from them. They'll become a monster. Yes. You know? They can't sleep when they want to sleep and they're not functioning anymore. So um, let's go to the next point because it's becoming so good. I want to know more. Excellent. So now people, uh, people will say, well, I know that I don't sleep enough. So what can I do? And, you know, should I be worried? Well, I'm going to take the first one. You should be worried for one thing. Why? So what is sleep deprivation and how is it defined? Sleep deprivation actually is defined as less than six hours. Six, less or equal to six. Okay. So six hours or less is considered deprived of sleep. Now, some people are going to say, well, but I've been sleeping six hours, you know, for for four years and I, I'm fine. And while I, I can say, you know what? Some people will function and, they, and, and, and feel good. However, the long-term effects of that, and again, as they say, trust but verify it's in the literature that sleep deprivation increases your risk of alzheimer's okay i recently was listening to a uh, nutritional biochemist very well renowned dr sean talbot who was talking about the nefarious effects of sleep on the body you know for one it absolutely creates havoc on your digestion. You, you're going to have problems digesting your food. Number two, 
your mood. As uh, Franz said, some people can become a beast, a monster, and they may not be aware that it's the lack of sleep that does that. And number three is weight gain. Because I hear so many people say, but I eat healthily, da 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 da. And then when I touch upon how many hours of sleep, they say, oh, I didn't realize that there was a relationship between weight gain and lack of sleep. There is. Well, that's another big point. And may I just put a dart in the middle? So seven to eight hours of sleep, amazing. But do I have to happen between say 10 p.m. at 7 a.m.? Or if you say, well, I go to bed at midnight, then would it be just fine if I wake up at eight? So if I go to bed at one o'clock, I just wake up at nine and then everything is going to be fine or are these circadian cycles not going to align to that? Oh, that's a very good question. No, it has to, it, it, it doesn't matter at what time, but it needs to be consistent. You need to have, and research has shown that it takes at least seven, almost eight hours for the brain to, uh, to clear away those toxins that are, that accumulate in the body every day. Okay, that, so th- th- this is not a Dr. Wanda says, this is not a front Sydney show. This is actually a fact, okay? I don't go into conspiracy theory, woo-woo. I'm talking about facts that you can absolutely verify. Mm. So if a person has like a difficult job where they have to be up because maybe they're actors or physicians <laughs> and they have to work late, they can work to accommodate to get as much sleep as possible at a possible regular time. Uh, most of us don't have to choose that. We can prioritize the sleep and decide, well, in the long term, I know I'm having fun now with this nice movie or my girlfriend or whatever, but in the long time, in the long term, I'm going to suffer if I'm not sleeping. So um, what was the connection between then the lack of sleep and the gut flora or the gut health and the hormones? And just see, so it's fascinating because, you know, the gut is so far away. The cat, gut is there, but the gut barrier with the brain is like, ah, let's talk about this. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, I've been fascinated about the connection between the gut and the brain for a long time, especially when I really learned much more about it in 2019. Started in 2017, uh, listening to a nine-day webinar about it and learning things that I had never heard or even been taught in medical school. And that's currently uh, the state of affairs uh, with uh, physicians, healthcare professionals who know very little about that. And this is why it's not in their treatment protocol, but it should be. So what's the relationship with the gut and sleep. Very simple. Anybody ever heard of serotonin, which is also called the happy hormone, or even dopamine, which is the mood hormone? Well, those two neurotransmitters, which are also called hormones, those are chemical messengers that are, we thought were produced in the brain, but now it is known that there are bacteria called gut flora 
beneficial and harmful bacteria that coexist that actually produce these hormones. You see? So they say the serotonin one actually is produced 90% in the gut. So you see, if you have problems in your gut, you're going to have problems in many areas, your digestion, your mood, your sleep. Now, how is that related to sleep? Well, you've heard of melatonin? I'm sure you have. So melatonin actually needs what we call a precursor, a, a, a chemical to be created, to be produced. And guess what this chemical is? Serotonin. And actually the precursor chemical that is needed to produce melatonin is called 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP as we call it. So, and by the way, there are there is a there is a plant that actually contains that particular precursor, so that when you take it in the form that is absorbable by the body, guess what? It actually triggers the production of melatonin in your body. See, because you see, melatonin is naturally produced in the body. You do not need to take that in the form of synthetic or anything like that, because when you take it as a sleep aid, guess what? It blocks the natural production of melatonin. So that's the that's really the connection between the gut and your sleep. And there's so much more to that. Uh, so mel actually, the, the now uh, there's an article that came out, there are a few articles that came out, uh, and then you can look uh, under bestfutureyou.com, uh, which is a blog by Dr. Sean Talbot, who is this nutritional biochemist who has done 20 plus years uh, uh, experience in the psychonutrition field. And he has specifically been uh, studying all of these uh body functions related to gut and the problems that can absolutely affect people. So melatonin is a big thing that you should not be taking uh, synthetically. And there are natural ways to actually produce melatonin. So this would be very good for you to know. That's great to know. So if uh, you have gut dysbiosis or dysbiosis, some people pronounce this differently. For example, um, autistic spectrum people, ADHD, most often seem to have this incapability of regulate sleep uh, completely. And this seems to be connected to the gut flora being a complete mess. So how do you improve sleep in a person that, of course, is not quite all that understanding that the gut, you know, well, little children, you're not going to talk to them about the gut flora. So how do you help them? So, uh, so how do you help them in terms of a healthy gut or yeah helping them because um, especially autistic children sometimes can be almost arfid you know they cannot touch certain foods but like the texture um i even have a whole podcast episode about arfid and it's typical of them to be very sensory aware of certain foods 
And a lot of times these are the vegetables that we need and the gut flora cannot be healthy if you do not have any vegetables because we need that, you know, in that fiber to feed the, the gut flora, right? So how do you get a toddler that is not sleeping at all to start understanding that he has to eat the food so he gets a gut flora working so that the melatonin works so he can actually sleep so then he's going to feel better, he's going to be calmer. So because I see a lot of moms of young children that are desperate, they haven't slept properly for months on end. It's, it's so tragic. Right. Uh, and this is a great question uh, to address because about a month and two months ago, uh, I actually was watching uh, testimonials of mothers and their children, actually, uh, and I absolutely can forward uh, this link to whoever want to see um, this, these testimonials. And it was a webinar that I was watching because I really wanted to know, you know, the difficulties of parents with um, uh, children on the autism spectrum, but also different things. And what I have learned is this. With a gut dysbiosis, and some people call that gut imbalance, with that, uh, it is important to understand that even if that child, whether on the autistic spectrum or not, even if that child eats vegetables and fruits, and with all the sensory processing problems that they may have, you have to understand that they may not be able to absorb the nutrients from fruits and vegetables. And that's the problem really, okay? And I know sometimes parents are at their wit ends, but, oh, but I know there are vitamins in there. And this is why they need supplements in order to actually help their gut be rebalanced. Because obviously, if you're on an autistic spectrum, depending on the degree, depending on the problems the challenges, I should say, that that's, these children, uh, these children have, or the parents not knowing what to do, they, we have to realize that it starts at the gut. So, really, yes, it's one thing to want to give them vegetables and fruits; it's another to help the absorption. And I, I firmly believe in supplements, not in the panacea of replacing that. Uh, you know, with uh, with food, absolutely not. But in these circumstances, in chronic diseases, you really need supplements that can rebalance the gut because a gut dysbiosis doesn't happen uh, by itself. Okay, it's all connected. So if that child has a has a challenge with texture, sensory processing, you really need to have a solution that really caters and addresses the different systems all together. So when we talk about gut health, guess what? We're also talking about immune system health. We're also talking about hormone health. We're also talking about brain health. And, and, and if you just give something just for this particular issue because, oh, the child is not focused, you are losing an entire link to the other challenges that could absolutely be resolved once you understand the gut-brain connection. 
there is so much about that. And I've been speaking to a pediatrician who's having amazing results using supplements that he didn't necessarily believe in, in his practice of 30 plus years. He has shown, he has seen remarkable progress in his patients with autistic, but even those who without autistic who just can't focus or may have, um, you know, bad nutrition at home. Mm. Maybe, I don't know if you are free to share what supplements are or should we just keep this? Oh, absolutely. So for, so for example, and I know that people don't even realize that, and I actually looked that up because I had heard it on the webinar with Dr. Sean Talbot, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because uh, interestingly enough, for example, um, because with autism, again, you know, with the different degrees uh, of it, you may have a an ADD, ADHD component. And guess what? In New Zealand, they don't give um, uh, Adderall the way they would the, the way they give that in the state. They actually give a pine pine bark. That's their actual first treatment for ADD. And they're actually using it also for autistic children. So pine bark is a very, very important supplement. Uh, saffron is another one uh, that is has been studied heavily uh, on that. Uh, in Japan, um, they also use natural approaches to autism and so there is uh there's a link uh, that i can absolutely sh share with people so that they can explore and actually see um testimonials uh of mothers who were desperate who were at their wit's end and finally understanding that there was a connection between the gut and the brain and they have seen tremendous um benefits in understanding that gut brain connection so um the testimonials are there and as a as a physician and a public health educator i ask questions i, I don't just oh let me read that oh okay no 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 i actually asked questions and i was absolutely amazed um because i know the questions to ask obviously but uh i was absolutely I was absolutely amazed at what I was hearing. And actually, when I did uh, one of my uh, many health workshops on the subject, I actually had a mother with a child with autism. And I had tears in my eyes when she told me what she went through. And it was the first time using the supplements because she had heard about the gut brain connection and that child started speaking and said i love you mama i mean the whole audience was in tears yeah there is this this block there say they are kind of stuck inside they are Correct. totally smart they know what's going on exactly they have these blocks and and uh, you know there are so many stories about this so that's incredible yes so so much to do and we have just a few minutes for this episode um Hormones, menopause, and sleep. Hormones yes. connection. Oh, <laughs> most definitely. Well, as we know, with menopause, it's a decrease in estrogen, obviously, 
the female hormone as we call it but also with that period in a woman's um in a woman's life the stress hormone cortisol increases okay you can do everything right but as soon as all these symptoms appear the hot flashes the mood swing the irritability you know the 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 women that you surrounded yourself with who said oh when you come to when you come to my age you'll see oh you'll get the hot flashes subliminal messages like that come to manifest themselves you see so the sleep aspect you know that insomnia that happens to many women in menopause is related to the stress hormone cortisol when it is elevated decreases the production of melatonin and so, so really it, about yes this, so this, so you so you so, so really in effect what do, what does it, what does that have to go back to your serotonin the dopamine and all of these hormones that are produced that are produced by bacteria now see when i say bacteria a lot of people say oh oh my god bacteria what do you mean because people associate bacteria with bad things but people don't realize just like when they eat yogurt and you eat those bacteria you're populating a community of bacteria that already exists that's what we mean by gut flora and just like your dna we are all unique in our population of bacteria of bacteria think of it as if you only have one family of bacteria you're not diversified so the more diversified you are in terms of those bacteria the more balanced your body becomes because they are the most they are the regulators of body function i mean hippocrates the father of medicine said it 300 bc centuries ago all diseases start at the gut level He knew something there. Uh, we we kind of you know um, raised to believe that everything there is a pill that will erase years and years of neglect of lack of sleep and lack of bad lack of good nutrition. But in the end of the day, first of all, we have to eat well, sleep well, and take care of the stress because I think um, a certain amount of stress towards the goal it's a great thing. We need stress to survive, but when cortisol is too high all the time. Uh, what I hear in the medical world is the higher the level of cortisol, if you know prolonged over time, the lower the level of functionality of the immune system. Correct. So, if you're in fight or flight, you're not busy fighting the invaders. So that's quite a frightening um, idea. <laughs> so that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but it's quite a lot. Um, we have to close this episode, but um, one tip that you can share for the person that has a problem, can't sleep, or wakes up every night about three or four and cannot go back to sleep. Sometimes thinking, and sometimes not really thinking about anything, but they can't sleep. Okay, so I, I have one tip. It's called the unwinding relaxation routine that you must have before you go to sleep. So that could be an hour or two. One should be a warm bath. Uh, number two could be 
a tea, okay? A, a, a tea that, that is calming, like chamomile tea or whatever tea that has calming effects so that you unwind and it just triggers what it needs to trigger. But also um, no electronics in the bedroom. It doesn't belong there. Okay, so one hour to two hours can be on your cell phone. And I know people are gonna say, "Oh, you must be you you crazy. You don't you don't know my life." I'm telling you, try it for one night. You will see. And surely habits need to be formed. So start with a routine, and and of course it's not gonna happen overnight because a routine needs to be established. And you mm. need to train your brain. That's the first thing that should happen. And then the rest mm. will come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep thinking that if we have to check the mobile phone in the night late, it's the same as going to bed and then going to the bookshelf and picking up all the encyclopedias and say, oh, I really want to look up how Napoleon won the war. I have to know now, otherwise I can't sleep. And I wonder if my Aunt Eugenia has sent that letter. I'm going to go to the post box all the way there to check it. We don't do that. But now that we have it all here, it's like we do have this urgency. But what is happening when we have a mobile phone in bed before going to bed? And we are scrolling endlessly. What's happening in the brain? Is there a blue light? Is there information? Um, What's going on? Well, uh love the question because everybody talks about the blue light of electronics but also don't forget as you are scrolling and everything well your brain is active so your brain is saying okay this person is active doesn't want to go to sleep so guess what it keeps you awake and the mel the, the melatonin is not triggered so it stays where you know it needs to stay until it's triggered that, mm-hmm. That's all. The brain remains active because you keep pumping information. Even though the, the simple act of scrolling, well, you engage the senses, right? Your eyes, right? Yeah, your eyes. Are busy, and yeah. whether you process or not, because you know, let's say you you, you step onto a meme that's funny, well, you're gonna laugh, aren't you? So there you go. Yeah, and that's something that Dr. Huberman said in the Huberman Lab. He is an ophthalmologist as well, a professor of ophthalmology at Stanford. And he was saying something important that he now does, it is every morning when we wake up, if we're lucky enough to have a sunshine, which is not always the case here in the UK, but you might be lucky somewhere there, and go to the sunshine. When it's still low, face the sun, close your eyes, and you know, keep that sun, go to your retina, which is the biggest organ that can get as much vitamin D, and it will give you that signal that it's time to wake up. And if you have that the light in the morning, and the dark, not the blue light, in the evening, you're more likely to sleep properly and tell your body, oh yeah, that's time to wake up, time to go to sleep. And I thought it was great because, you know, when you think about any problem we have, degenerative disease, metabolic disease, cancer, everything that's happening now, when you go to webinars and read books and they all come back to the same three things, sleep, exercise, sunshine, be with people. <laughs> it is like stress, I'm like, don't we already have the thing? But we always think, oh, unless I'm in on a wheelchair, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> okay, that was so good to talk to you. And yes, we reach our time to finish. So thank you so much, Dr. Wan Jongting. Oh, 
thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> and anyway, it was good to see you. And we'll put some links below to all the stuff that you want to share with us because we, we can't wait to maybe have you back in the show or somewhere here in the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked it, please share it with somebody and maybe click to leave a nice review on the podcast app. Thank you so much and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. You have listened to Create with Franz Sidney.